Welcome to Protecting the Seas. My name is Nikki. I am the co-founder of Mimoana, and today we are with a very special guest, a marine biologist called Sarah. Sarah, thank you so so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. And today with Sarah, we're going to talk a little bit about marine biology, why you know what what's what's the important things that you learn, but also about reefs and un- reefs unknown. Uh, and a scientific diving program. So we've got a little lot of things to talk about. Um, so we're going to get right into it. So as I said, marine biology. Why is there a reason behind it? Why you studied that? Well, I I grew up in California, um, really close to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, actually. And I've sort of always been obsessed with the ocean. I've always loved it. I don't really know why, but um, you know, I would beg my parents to go to the aquarium all the time. We were members there. And my favorite part was always the dive shows. You know, a volunteer would put on one of those full face masks and give a presentation from inside the aquarium about what was going on around them. And I always thought that was so cool. I was like, as a kid, I wanted to be that person in the tank. Um, and skipping ahead, I was able to do that actually in the Oregon Coast Aquarium. So I came full circle and that was awesome. Um, but I also, I always loved science in school. So sort of merging my passions for ocean, the oceans and for science just sort of made sense for me. I didn't really see myself doing anything else um, for the rest of my life. And so especially once I learned to dive, my, you know, that obsession sort of cemented what I wanted to do. And I've been chasing diving opportunities ever since. So I learned how to do scientific diving in Bonaire with a program that was there, um, which was beautiful. Bonaire is gorgeous. If you ever get a chance to dive there, the shore diving is amazing. Hopefully one day. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. And then I was at school at Oregon State. And so my diving career sort of developed there. I did cold water diving in a dry suit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. It was fun. It was a great experience. It made me a better diver. Um, but it is very cold and I don't always miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my undergrad experience. And then I came to the Virgin Islands for graduate school. And so now I'm back to warm water diving. Um, and I sort of challenged and grew my diving and my science um, since I've been here. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Um, it's, it sounds like you've got a whole sort of adventure already uh, done and well of course there's, there's much more to come I'm sure uh, but I think you've sort of fulfilled already everyone's dream which is diving in Bonaire, diving in the Virgin Islands I mean just everywhere um, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, very lucky yeah definitely and uh, Bonaire is definitely on the list there I've heard amazing things about it so it is there on the bucket list <laughs> wow, that's amazing and um, so in all those years of studying and going to different places is there something that really stood out for you you thought you know okay this is a really important part that that you know that you learned um I guess I really enjoyed the different types of experiences that I've had you know I I've had you know those are really my three big like locations that I've moved on to and sort of each one I challenged myself I grew I learned um And then once I felt like I had learned a lot, I moved on to the next thing. Um, And I've sort of tried to do that to challenge myself and to try out different things. And I think getting a diversity, a variety of different types of experiences can be really valuable. Yeah, definitely. 
it was really good where you say that you sort of you wait until you had more experience and then moved on to the next step which is something that also in diving is very uh, recommendable when people sort of you know they've had say what five dives and they move on to the next course it's like no just you know learn more and expand your knowledge in one sector and then move on to the next step so I think that's, that's yeah something definitely really important which is what you did which is amazing um yeah especially in diving everything sort of builds off of itself you know so learning learning the basics getting your buoyancy really good is really valuable especially when you start doing science underwater and doing technical diving and more advanced things um those basics are really really important Right. So you talk about science, scientific diving. So there is this a program that I saw. What is the scientific diving program exactly about that you do? Um, so when we're doing science underwater, um, we're in a working setting, right? It's our job to be underwater. And so there's a, there's a bunch of rules surrounding that about how to keep a working diver safe. So in the U.S. we have, um, it's called OSHA, the Occupational Health and Safety Administration, right? They have a bunch of rules about how to do diving safely, um, but those rules are generally very strict and very expensive, and we're marine biologists, and we can't afford that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so at some point, AAUS was created. That's the American Academy of Underwater Sciences. And so that is a, a structure for scientific diving to happen. Um, it's based in the United States, but I know that it works internationally as well. Um, so it creates its own set of rules around scientific diving um, and allows for an insurance structure so that different universities and different nonprofits and other organizations can all work together, work together, dive together um, using this structure. And it basically says, hey, here's my diver. They have all this experience. You know, we have them covered under our insurance and you guys can work together. And that's been huge for scientific collaboration um, all around the world. Uh, you know, I've been able to go to different universities to work with them on various projects because of this structure. It was really easy to do. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure we'll talk about this more in a minute, but I co-founded a nonprofit called Reefs Unknown. And we are in the process of building our dive program. And right now it's just me and my co-founder who are a part of the organization. And so you can't do a live boating dive operation with two people, mm -hmm. right? Because you want to have two people in the water and at least one person on the boat, but preferably a couple. And so if it were just the two of us, we wouldn't be able to do that. But with this structure we are able to collaborate, we're able to bring in grad students um, from the University of the Virgin Islands Amazing. and dive with them, which is a great experience for them and it helps us in our mission too. Wow, amazing. It's great that students can join the project as well because that way they will really build up that knowledge that they may need in a, in a future. Um, so that, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, that You've mentioned Reefs Unknown. Maybe you could talk a little bit about when it started, why, what you do exactly, what the mission is. Yeah. Um, so let me give a little bit of background. So when you think about coral reefs, most people would think like lots of light, bright colors, you're able to snorkel there, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But coral reefs actually go a lot deeper than a lot of people realize. So there are the own unique versions of coral reefs between like 30 to 150 meters, which is like 100 to 450 feet. Um, and these are called mesophotic reefs. 
So when I moved to the Virgin Islands, I had no idea that these existed, right? Even though I'm a marine biologist, I just, no clue. Yeah. So I moved here, and they're actually a huge part of the marine ecology here in the Virgin Islands. The mesophotic reefs are about two to three times the size of the shallow reefs here. And they host high coral cover relatively for the region. And they have, they support spawning aggregations and other populations of big fish. You know, fishermen in the Virgin Islands don't really fish near shore anymore in the shallow reefs. They really get the bulk of their fishing done on mesophotic reefs. So they're really important here. Um, and I became obsessed with them, you know, partially because diving on them is so incredible. Um, so I, you know, built up my dive experience and my training so that I could go study them myself. Um, and now I'm actually, as of January, I'm a hypoxic trimix rebreather diver, which is really cool. It's yeah. still weird to say. <laughs> so that's actually the, the deepest certification that you can get which is really exciting. So you can go to 100 meters, which is 330 feet. But like I said, it's the deepest certification. So you can actually go deeper than that using the knowledge and the skills that you've learned. Um, but more than like 450 feet doesn't make a lot of sense to do working diving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I became obsessed with these photo reefs and I met um, my husband, Victor, who is also obsessed with these reefs because they're so cool. And together, we've both had frustrations with uh, the bureaucracy of academia. Right. Um, it's really slow moving, really inflexible. You know, you have to rely on federal grants um, to do your work. And so we'd been talking and scheming and we decided to make our own organization that could be more flexible with our funding sources, with the outputs that we were able to make. Um, we could focus more on outreach and education than traditional academic roots normally do. Um, so our goal is to start here in the Virgin Islands and study mesophotic reefs um, and expand out around the Caribbean and maybe even wow. further eventually. Wow. Um, we want to map and study and conserve these amazing ecosystems. Um, there's not a lot of that going on right now in, that, in this region and there's so much potential for it. Um, so Victor did some work in Montserrat one time um, where he was working off of maps from the 1800s. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how poorly mapped and understood these ecosystems are. And so we want to help change that. Um, wow. You know, if we don't even know where they are, how are we supposed to conserve them? Definitely. Right? Well, it sounds like a, like a huge project, um, but it, it sounds definitely very necessary as well, which is, uh, which is just really good that you guys are doing this and are thinking about ways to help it, um, about something that not many know. Um, so that way you are spreading that awareness as well, which is, which is fantastic. Um, now, doing that research, obviously it helps that specific part of coral reef, but how does it help the full ocean? Well, so everything is connected in the ocean, right? And in the whole planet, you know, oceans are what 70% of the planet. And they have a huge effect on oxygen production and carbon sequestration and global temperature patterns. You know, coral reefs provide storm protection for coastlines, their food for communities, you know, especially places like here in the Virgin Islands. Um, they bring in tourism that supports the economies of tropical countries. Um, 
And our planet is changing really rapidly right now. You know, we get worse hurricanes every year, droughts and fires, and this is happening and it's going to have effects that we can't predict. Um, so the more that we learn about the ocean and how it functions, and coral reefs are an important part about that in certain areas of the world, um, the more we can understand sort of how that's going to change going into the future and how we can mitigate some of those effects um, for our own safety as well as the health of the oceans and therefore you know the whole planet wow and it's, it's interesting that you mention all the changes because many people still seeing obviously the, the the proof do not believe in climate change i mean of course we've got people that still believe that the that the planet is actually round but um it's the climate change is something that we can actually see with our own eyes without moving from our own home because we can see it on the news and yet so many still are in denial of that change um and it's and it's and it's sad don't you think yeah it's it's definitely really tough um and especially you know coming from a scientific background my instinct is to just give a bunch of facts, right? And say, look at what's happening, why don't you believe it? And that, that's not really the way to try to change people's minds. Um, I found a lot more success in telling people stories and just you know, getting to know people and understanding where they're coming from. And you know, the more we can talk with each other and just come, come to some mutual understanding, I think, um, is a better way to go about doing that but it is it's really tough yeah definitely it, it is really good uh, a way of spreading awareness by talking and it's also one of the reasons why we started this podcast because it's it's a way of sort of connecting with people all around the world not just spain but just to show okay it, this is happening globally this is a, a worldwide thing and it's truly happening um, so it's it, this is another way of spreading that awareness. So I'm, I'm just so happy that you're here today talking to us about this because that way we can get together and and you know come to a mutual interest and then show that to others, which is which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm so glad you're doing these interviews. This is really great work that you're doing to spread oh, awareness. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. We try. Um, so if you could highlight one thing out of everything you've done that really impacted you and just maybe changed your mind or something that you tell others to change their mind, just something that you always, you know, keep in the back of your head, um, something that stood out for you out of everything, what could that be? Oh, that's really hard. I know. (laughs) 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 Um, Something that stood out to me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I guess um, what comes to mind is uh, in the past few years, here in the Virgin Islands, um, we've had an outbreak of a coral disease called stony coral tissue loss disease that has just completely devastated the reefs here. Um, And so I got to know, you know, one of my favorite reefs or what used to be one of my favorite reefs um, pretty close by to where our dock is, to where we work, um, used to be gorgeous. And it was the first place this disease hit and it completely wiped out all the corals. And I've sort of seen this decline in, you know, the fish too, because of that. And just, I witnessed that firsthand, you know, and it just, it makes you remember like how vulnerable everything is. Right. And like, we never know what might happen. Um, And just trying to understand and protect 
these beautiful places is just really important to me. It really is. And sometimes, although it's very sad, it is good to witness it firsthand because that will always sort of leave that impact. And although many won't see it themselves, you can still tell the story, which is which will leave an impact to anyone that hears it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on our show, telling us a little bit about what you do, what's happening over there on the other side of the world, <laughs> and um, and just, just sharing with us your stories and, and your passion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. I had a great time. Oh, I'm so glad. Me too. Um, so, next week we're going to have another guest is going to talk to us a little bit more about what they do for the ocean uh, so don't forget to check us out on youtube spotify deezer buzzsprout the list goes on um and we are protecting seas so thank you for anyone that listened <laughs>